Shalom, and welcome to the Beit Tehillah Community Podcast, discovering the Hebrew roots of the Christian faith. And now, from beautiful Brandon, Florida, here are your hosts, Pastor Nick Plummer and Ryan Cabrera. Shalom, everybody, and welcome to the Beit Tehillah Community Podcast. Welcome, welcome. This is Ryan Cabrera, your co-host, and I am here in Studio A with Pastor Nick Plummer. Hey, Pastor Nick. Shalom. Awesome. So, a uh, couple housekeeping items before we jump into the tour portion more today. Uh, listen, I know you guys are listening to this podcast. I know because the statistics on the interwebs, they tell me. And I know that I've been telling you guys to review the podcast. I need these reviews. I covet your review. Okay, I don't covet your reviews, but you get my point, right? I need these reviews. We really need we, them. We need the reviews to help uh, get this podcast out there. It really helps our ratings on there. So please, 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 if you're listening to this podcast and you're on an iPhone, take a moment to go to the iTunes or to the podcast app. Go find the podcast. Go to the review section and and make a five star review. If you're on SoundCloud or whatever device you're using, please go on there rate the podcast. So, but SoundCloud and iTunes are the two most impactful platforms for us to help us get the, um, get the word out there and, and improve the rating of the podcast. So please, please, please rate the podcast five stars, write something nice in there, something the way it's impacted you. I also want to hear from you guys from hear your stories and all that. Um, as you guys know, you can always email me any of your questions, anything you need. Uh, those of you that have emailed me know that I respond directly to you guys. I, I shoot you an email back, ryan at twopraise.net, ryan at twopraise.net. So please do that. Uh, also, man, a couple things coming up this weekend. Uh, we are very excited to say that uh, Eliezer Braun is coming to visit our community this week again. I wish I had like a button where I could have like a little applause or whatever. Uh, but those of you that don't know Eliezer, uh, he is an Orthodox Jew from the land of Israel. Uh, he comes, uh, he has been visiting, uh, you know, uh, evangelical churches for the last 25 years on behalf of uh, a previous organization that he was with. Now he is uh, kind of doing his own thing and freelancing it. And uh, we really enjoy having him here. We enjoy. He says he's retired. Yeah, whatever that means. And, uh, and, and so we enjoy having him here. He has a lot of cool things to say about how Jews and Christians can work together uh, for our common goals. And as you guys know, if you've been listening to this for any amount of time, you know we are all about. Uh, working together with the Jewish people and the folks in Israel to to reach our common goals. And so I encourage you guys to come. If you can't come this weekend uh, on our Shabbat service, then I would also like to encourage you to come or, or to at least live stream it so you guys can hear what he has to say. Um, and we might even do a podcast with him. We'll see. We'll see if we have time. You know. Hopefully, to... hopefully. So share the uh, great Torah portion. Oh, oh, you're ready to jump in? You're tired yeah. of the announcement? Okay, okay. Are right, you well, good with the announcements? I, I think so. I, I think, think so. I think you're done. What happens is when you when you pat and interrupt me like that, I just I drop all the other stuff out of my brain. So, well, you I, should write it down <laughs> next time. <laughs> next <laughs> There's time. always next time. There's always next. There's time. always next week. <laughs> hey, that's the cool part about Shabbat, right? You can only backslide for a week, and then there's Shabbat that's again. That's it. It's over, man. Oof. All right. So this week we are studying the Torah portion Emor, which means say, and uh, it can be found in the Book of Leviticus, chapter twenty-one and verse one, and all the way through chapter twenty-four and verse twenty-three. Boy, is this a packed Torah portion. Yeah, we've got, of course, uh, Emor say, uh, once again, Leviticus chapter 21 and verse 1, all the way through chapter 24 and verse 23. You know, I've had the privilege of actually uh, sharing the Torah portions for, for probably over 20 years. And the thing that I want to stress to all of you is something incredible is happening 
uh, in my understanding or my paradigm shift here with the Torah, in regards to the Torah, uh, I am discovering like a template. You know, sometimes you want to say, okay, what are the bullet points? What's the main point that God is trying to to share here? What what's the principle? And so I want to I want to run a few things by you that we shared last week a little bit, but just to reiterate how incredible it truly is. We, we all want to hear from God. We we all want to please God, you know, and we want to all be on the same page. And so that's why we encourage one another and not to be judgmental. But once again, I want to remind all of you that chapters one through eighteen. Uh, I say 1 through 17 is, of course, the way to God. So chapters 1 through 17 is the way to God. And I'm going to make a point here. Uh, Chapters 18 to 27 is the walk with God. So currently we are in uh, Leviticus chapters 21 through 24. We're going to discuss today. E more say is the Torah portion. And it's relevant. Okay. So I want to go back a little bit because chapter 18 is about secret sins. So, you know, uh, once again, you know, we just need to confess our sins to the Father, and He's faithful to forgive us. Now, though a righteous man falls seven times, he can still arise. So if you are in habitual sin, get help, get counseling, get prayer. Just say enough is enough. You know, I'm going to deal with this. I'm going to call it out. I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, uh, just basically just call this thing out. Uh, why am I sharing that? Because it's interesting if, if you do that, you kind of move on to the next level in your walk, which is chapter 19. Uh, and I would call this the, the chapter of divine order. So let's say you've done dealt with your secret sins, you're moving forward, you, you know, we all mess up or whatever, but but you, you look at this divine order. He's asking for holiness in chapter 19, right out of the gate. I'm showing you a template. He's asking for holiness, and you have to, you know, encourage yourself. You know, God is holy. He wants me to be holy. I can be holy. Go ahead, let's all say it. You're, you're driving in your car. You're listening at home. Say, I can be holy. I can be holy. I am holy, you know? So we have this holiness factor. Then, we, of course, we have honor your parents. Boy, that's a good thing. Some of us need to learn how to honor our parents. And uh, some of you are wondering if you can honor your parents, you know, now that they're gone or deceased, but absolutely with your life. Uh, he goes on to talk about the Shabbat, honor the Shabbat. So think about it. You've dealt with secret sins. You're looking for divine order. You want to be holy. You honor your parents. You keep the Shabbat. He says, don't make or have idols. What's an idol? Anything you give your strength to. Anything you get your strength from. I'm giving you some simple points, everyone. You better be listening because this is very, very beneficial. It will change your life. And I'm seeing this pattern, uh, and I'm trying to follow as best as I can. So no idols. And then, of course, you have peace offerings. Now, peace offering is the only offering that you get to eat. So let's say you get a blessing. You know, I've, I've received a blessing before, and I've shared it with others. And they're like, gosh, why, why are you sharing this? Or why did you do that? Well, because God has blessed me, and I want to I want to show you what the blessing is. And I, I want you to, to partake of this with me in our friendships or family. And then, of course, he goes on to talk about the poor. Remember the poor, about the, the gleaners. Don't don't reap the corners of your fields. Uh, even when it comes to, to the vintage or the grapes, you know, remember the poor. So see all these little things. It's like a little template I want to share with you right out of the gate. And uh, we're going to go ahead and hit Emor, this Torah portion, uh, Emor, which is say. Uh, and, of course, it's Leviticus uh, chapter 21, verses 1 through 14. We're going to begin reading. This is uh, The caption is, The Holiness of the Priest. So once again, I shared a template. And now we're getting into the we're getting into the uh, nuts and bolts now of the fact of hey you know what you've come this far these are the requirements now this is how you're going to stay a priest and walk as a priest so let's go ahead and read Leviticus chapter twenty one verses one through fourteen and of course everyone knows that Ryan will be our reader. I uh, it's a good thing I can read you know praise God. Well I, I've got a Bible over there in Braille. <laughs> 
says, And the Lord said unto Moses, Speak unto the priests, the sons of Aaron, and say unto them, There shall none be defiled for the dead among his people. But for, the, for his kin, that is near unto him, that is for his mother or for his father, and for his son, and for his daughter, and for his brother, and for his sister a virgin, that is nigh unto him, which hath had no husband, for her may he be defiled. But he shall not defile himself, being a chief man among his people, to profane himself. They shall not make baldness upon their head, neither shall they shave off the corner of their beard, nor make any cuttings in their flesh. They shall be holy unto their God, and not profane the name of their Lord of their God. For the offerings of the Lord made by fire, and the bread of their God they do offer. Therefore they shall be holy. They shall not take a wife that is a whore, or profane neither shall they uh, take a woman put away from her husband, for he is holy unto his God. Thou shalt sanctify him therefore, for he offereth the bread of thy God. He shall be holy unto thee, for I, the Lord, which sanctify you, am holy. And the daughter of any priest, if she profane herself by playing the whore, she profaneth her father, and she shall be burnt with fire. And he that is the high priest among his brethren, upon whose head the anointing oil was poured, and that is consecrated to put on the garments, shall not uncover his head, nor rend his clothes. Neither shall he go in to any dead body, nor defile himself for his father or his mother. Neither shall he go out of the sanctuary, nor profane the sanctuary of his God. For the crown of the anointing oil of his God is upon him. I am the Lord. And he shall take a wife in her virginity, a widow or a divorced woman, or profane or a harlot. These shall he not take, but he shall take a virgin for his own people to wife. Wow. Of his own people to wife, sorry. Excellent, excellent. Uh, this is This is incredible. Think about this now. So did the Lord tell Moses that the house of Levi must not be defiled for the dead among his people? Well, absolutely, yes. Yeah. And that's the house of Levi. Now, uh, Levi could defile himself for his immediate family, uh, mother, father, his son, daughter, or brother. He could defile himself for his immediate family. Now, this is in regard to the Levitical priesthood, not the high priest. We're going to get into that. Right. And this Um, word defile, I mean, it makes me a little uncomfortable in English, but I think that that it's, it's not a status, it's, yeah. a, it's not right. defile as in yeah. the way we're thinking of so, it. So uh, a Levite cannot make baldness or shave off the corner of his beard. Uh, Leviticus twenty one verse five, I believe that's the part uh, where we have the uh, the curls uh, over the ears right. of some of the Orthodox Jews. Uh, they take this literally uh, in that regard. So I don't want to get into all that too much, but. Uh, and then, of course, it, it says here, this is a pretty uh, stiff judgment here in Leviticus 21.9, a priest's daughter who was a whore would be burnt with fire. You know, now I'm not done an in-depth study about this, but that's a pretty severe judgment, would be burnt with fire. Wow, that's not stoning or a hanging, that's uh, burnt with fire. So I don't know. Uh, that's pretty serious. Uh, that judgment's serious, I mean, if you think about it. Uh, so anyway, um, and I don't really have the address, but I, I want to point something out here I found. In Leviticus chapter 21, verse 10. And he that is the high priest among his brethren, upon whose head the anointing oil was poured, and that is consecrated to put on the garments, shall not uncover his head, nor rend his clothes. Now I don't have the address for the sake of time. We're not going to go there. But how many of them, when Yeshua was before the high priest, he accused Yeshua of blasphemy, and he, and, and he ripped his clothes? Oh, yeah. So there's a little Torah nugget there for some of you that, that, that didn't realize that the high priest actually sinned by uh, tearing his garment. 
when he was so upset with the accusation of blasphemy against Yeshua. You guys can find this in the Gospels. I believe it's in Mark as well. But but just think about that. I thought that was kind of interesting. So so you cannot um, the high priest cannot rend his clothes. He can't rip his clothes because they're holy. So anyway, uh, Caiaphas, I I see him right there. He uh, he sinned. He rend his clothes. He tore his clothes. Uh, and as we move on down the line here, the high priest could not defile himself with the dead body of his mother or father. So once again, the status of, of, of you know, clean versus unclean or defilement, uh, there's a higher calling for a high priest. That's right. And so I want to... The wanna, requirements are higher. I want to look at this. So this, this specific section is talking about standards for the priest. And so I want to make that clear, that uh, when the Torah is speaking, there's, there's standards that are set. And the standards apply to certain groups of people. Um, and so you have the whole, all the nations and any strangers or sojourners that attach themselves to Israel and the body of Israel itself, right? So the, or the children of Israel. So there's a, a global group of standards for everyone. And so then you step it up one more step in, in this holiness, this sanctified or set apart status up to the Levites, the family of, of Levi to be set apart. And there's a whole set of standards for the Levites. And then above that, we have another standard stacked on top of all these other standards, right, for the priests, and then even the highest standard being for the high priest. And so God is, is it's a set of sanctification steps to all the way up to the high priest, that if these people are set apart to God and they're ministering to God, then the status of that individual at the moment that they're ministering to the Lord has to be at, at that moment within the, the, the realm of, of these standards. Thanks, and so, yeah, for sharing that, Ryan. I mean, that's true. The standards higher for a high priest, right? But the, but the standards higher for a priest, and the stand. I mean, the standards higher for a believer. But God wants a priesthood, right? You know, and, and Peter even says that it's found in Exodus nineteen, a nation of priests, right? And it's funny how you know, yeah, we could have the DNA test and prove you're a Cohen or whatever. That's fine. That's all well and good among the Jewish people. But I want to submit something to you. You know, the priest's responsibility was to teach the Torah and share God's commandments. Uh, I did find the reference here in Mark, and I would like to read it to you just to show you how relevant it is. Because people are like, well, can you show me that in the New Testament? I would love to. So check this out. The, the high priest can't rip his clothes. Now, I know this seems mundane or monotonous or whatever, whatever you think it is, but check this out. It says right here in Mark chapter 14, verse 60, And the high priest stood up in the midst and asked Jesus, saying, Answer thou nothing? What is it which these witness against thee? But he held his peace and answered nothing. Again, the high priest asked him and said unto him, Art thou the Christ, the son of the blessed? And Jesus said, I am. Whoa. And you shall see the son of man sitting on the right hand of power and coming in the clouds of heaven. Verse 63. Then the high priest rent his clothes and saith, What need we any further witnesses? Wow. You know, I always wondered about that because when we would get into the Torah portions uh, earlier on, I was like, oh, look, you know, the high priest is not allowed to rip his clothes. And then we get into the Gospels and I'm like, uh-oh, the high priest sinned. Yeah. He tore his clothes, you know. Even his clothing was holy. Right. You know, so people just wear whatever they want, put every, anything they want on their T-shirt, you know, whether it's, you know, you know whatever it is. Um, and, and it's like, you know what, our clothes are supposed to be holy. You know, our clothes are supposed to be holy. So once again... Um, I have holes in my clothes sometimes. Well, we're going to have to talk about that. We're going to fix that. Holy, <laughs> holy jeans. Oh, yeah. Holes in your jeans. This is new. It's, an, it's, it's the thing in the culture. Yeah. Yeah. It looks like you, a weed eater got a hold of it. Ooh. So the high priest was required to marry a virgin. 
Wow. And that's what the priest is, is looking at here. The high priest was required to marry a virgin. Now, uh, we're moving on into the holiness of the priest. Uh, um, a priest could not, uh, of course, uh, offer any offering made by fire with a blemish. No blemish on the, on the offering. Can't have a blemish. So think about it. So that's chapter uh, 21. Now we're going to get into chapter 22. I'll go ahead and uh, I'll read verses 1 through 7. Now now we're going to be moving into the holiness of the offerings. Right. Okay. So let's check this out. The holiness of the offerings now. We got the holiness of the priests. Now the offerings have to be holy. It says here in Leviticus chapter 22, verse 1, I get to read. This is great. Yeah, this is exciting. You're going to read them. We do have two readers in the studio. Ooh. We could get a third if we need it. Yeah, one day. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto Aaron and to his sons, that they separate themselves from the holy things of the children of Israel, and that they profane not my holy name in those things which they hallow unto me. I am the Lord. Say unto them, Whosoever he be of all your seed among your generations that goeth unto the holy things which the children of Israel hallow unto the Lord, having his uncleanness upon him, that soul shall be cut off from among my presence, I am the Lord. What man soever of the seed of Aaron is a leper, or hath a running issue, he shall not eat of the holy things until he be clean. And whoso toucheth anything that is unclean by the dead, or a man whose seed goeth from him, or whosoever toucheth or toucheth any creeping thing, whereby he may be made unclean, or a man of whom he may take uncleanness, whatsoever uncleanness he hath. The soul which hath touched any such shall be unclean until even, and shall not eat of the holy things unless he wash his flesh with water. And when the sun is down, he shall be clean, and shall afterward eat of the holy things, because it is his food. So so help me out here. Is this, if I understand this correctly, if you're a priest, then your food is the holy things. So in other words, you really don't eat anything but the things that are offered, right? The grain is brought to you. The first fruits That's are brought to you. Thinking. The meat is brought to you. So essentially, when you are in a status of uncleanness, you fast. That's right. That was brought out in the uh, in the Torah study. It was. Yeah. If you're unclean, you don't get to eat. And so so here's... This is, this is uh, Management 101, right? We're putting bumpers on it. And so uh, there's courses of priests. This is not just one guy. Like here, when we're talking uh, in Moses and Aaron and his sons, we're talking about a few people. But generations later... Uh, to handle the Passover in the Second Temple period, we're talking of you know hundreds of priests oh, ha- yeah. handling this, right? Taking shifts and, and doing all that. So uh, to that end, uh, I'm thinking God, you know, foresees the future, and He says, "Hey, you know what? I really don't feel like going to work today. I think I'm just gonna touch a dead body." You know? Oh, sorry guys, I'm unclean. Can't 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 take my shift today. Can you cover me? You got me covered. That probably happened. So, but but now if the the status also says, well, now you you ain't going to eat nothing today. That's right. Right? So it, it's almost like, hey, well, I was going to take off of work for touching a dead body, but then I can't eat, so that's no fun anyway, so I'm not going to do that. That's a chain reaction there, man. That's, it's just, that makes I mean, you think about it. I don't know if anybody else's brain works that way. It's how my no, brain works. No, but that, that's very interesting, you know, talking about the ceremonial part of the law as well, in the civil law. So the, the Lord did stress holiness uh, of the offerings to Moses. He stressed the holiness of offerings to Moses. And, uh, and of course, he also stressed, the Lord also stressed uh, the, the importance of avoiding uncleanness for Aaron and his sons, uh, the importance of avoiding uncleanness. Oh, and by the way, some of you are wondering, well, what about the New Testament? I mean, is this really in the New Covenant? I mean, uh, if you go back to Galatians 5, 19 through 21, 
you're going to have before you the 17 works of the flesh. And one of them is uncleanness. So once again, the animal sacrifices had to be without blemish. And, uh, and I love this. If, if Ryan can go ahead and read Leviticus chapter 22 and verse 29, uh, this, is, this is very important to understand. You know, I may or may not have like a whole diatribe on this, actually. Uh, so it says here, And when you will offer a sacrifice of thanksgiving unto the Lord, offer it at your own will. So this is interesting, this whole idea of thanksgiving. You know, here at Beit Tehillah, we are, we are super into the whole giving thanks to the Lord, praising God. I mean, the name Beit Tehillah means house of praise, right? And it's honest praise in Hebrew. Oh, we're going to get honest. there. Honest. Yep. So um, so we, we in our discussion group, we talked about uh, Psalm 100, verse 4, which says, Enter his gates with thanksgiving and enter his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. And so is this applicable today? What do you think? Is that applicable for today? Think about it, everybody. You know, and I see this all the time in our services. People come in downtrodden. People look like they sucked on a lemon. The body language, the arms are crossed. And I'm thinking, wow, I don't see I don't see. I mean, I don't think that's the average Beit Tehillah No, ever, no, but, 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 you, but you see what can happen. <laughs> yeah, of course. And it can happen to the pastor or, or leadership, anybody. Right. But, you know, if, if, you're, if you're full of Thanksgiving the night before and go into Thanksgiving the next day, you know, that's a cool thing. It makes perfect sense, you know. It tells you right here, here's the gate of Thanksgiving. So we're thankful. What happens is then you can go into praise. Yeah. How can you just praise God without being thankful first? Because what are you praising him for? What you're thankful for. That's right. You know, think about it. You could praise him for eternal life. Lord, thank you that I'll never see death, that I'm going to be alive forevermore. Yeah. Just start thanking him for that. So here's what's cool. You know, that's awesome. We're we're coming to the end of chapter 22, and and for those of you... um, that have been in the Torah for any length of time know Leviticus 23 is a is a big important chapter which we're going to get oh, into it's the next. Buffet right? It's super, it is of this portion. But I don't think it's any coincidence that God is talking about giving an offering with thanksgiving right before and of your own free will because we don't have to celebrate the feast. If right? you follow the template like I shared earlier in this podcast, everybody, yeah, you really want to do the feasts, right? And you want to do it right, and you're jacked up, ready to go, locked and cocked, you know. Your, your eyes are dotted, your T's are crossed. I mean, you, you're, you're going into this thing. Well, and, you know the importance of it. And it's important to understand that... And you're walking with God in chapter 23. Right, exactly right. And it's important to know that you don't have to, right? So, uh, but that you get to, that, that we're, not per, we're not preaching here uh, works-based salvation. We're preaching salvation-based works. That now that Jesus has come into my life and I follow him, now I want to do these things, right? So uh, this word um, for Thanksgiving is todah. Interesting, right? Thank you. Yeah, exactly right. Toda Rabbah. Thank Rabbi, you very much. Thank you very much. That's right. So then this word wow, praise... we're doing Hebrew on this podcast. So we enter with his, his gates with thanksgiving, which is Toda, and we enter his courts with praise, which is Tehillah. Tehillah. Right, look at that. Honest praise. That's right. So um, I, I pulled out some other verses that had that, uh, one being, uh, Praise ye the Lord, O give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. That's Psalm 106.1. But then a very famous one. In Hebrew it is, Hodu le'adonai ki tov ki le'olam hazdo, which means give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, his mercy endures forever. And so uh, I just, I want to stress the fact that before we get into the feasts, right, we don't just walk into the feast. We don't schlep in to the feast. We schlep, we go, and we schlep in. We go into the feasts with Thanksgiving. And so I want to just stop and thank God right now for the feast because 
you know, a lot of people ask the question, should we or should we not keep the feast as Christians? Do we have to? Do we not have to? I don't even want to be part of that conversation. To me, that conversation is in the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. That's over here trying to decide what's good and evil for ourselves. To me, this is a tree of life that God has given us uh, to, essentially, God's throwing a party. He says, I'm throwing a party on this day, at this time, and this is the theme of my party, and I want you to participate. All right? That's, that's, that's God putting that out. And so, our reaction is kind of twofold. We can do one of two things. We can say, oh my gosh, I'm so excited. I would love to be a part of this. I want to celebrate your feasts. Let me come to your party, God. Let me participate with you. Or we could just say, hey, I'm going to throw my own party on my own day. What do you think? I mean, it, it's amazing, Ryan. I mean, and the bottom line is that, you know, wherever your your your, your treasure is, that's where your heart that's is. That's right. You know, uh, I, I purposely woke up this morning and, and said a prayer, did a hand washing and some things, and and I just wanted to give my affection to the Lord, you know, and then come straight to the church and do the podcast. So I want to encourage all of you to give your affection to the Lord first and foremost, first thing in the morning. You know, read a proverb, say a prayer, you know, a proverb a day keeps foolishness away, you know, and wisdom is the application of knowledge. So just the little things that we can do that, that that's amazing. Uh, and so once again, you know, this is this is what it's leading up to. Uh, so we're going to go ahead and get into the Lord's feasts. And I really feel like we need to take the time to go ahead and read this introduction here as we are, of course, celebrating the the, uh, the feast cycle for this year. We've already celebrated a, a Pesach or Passover, unleavened bread and, and first fruits. And, and we are, of course, counting seven Sabbaths, which is the Omer. But I want to go ahead and have Ryan read to, to keep us up to date here for all of you. If you want to know prophetically where we're at, you know, prophetically, we are in the, the feast of, of Shavuot or Pentecost right now. God's pouring out his spirit. But of course, we have all these other spirits, you know, it, it, it's kind of interesting, you know, when you think about the Avengers, you know, uh, they got to fight all these uh, evil beings from other planets and all this wicked stuff. And to me, Yeshua, he's the original Avenger. Uh, he is the Gaal, if you study it in Hebrew. Uh, he's the next of kin. He's the kinsman redeemer. He's the, the, the closest relative you will ever have. He's the closest relative you will ever know. And so with that, you know, uh, this is what we're up against. We're up against all these other spirits, you know, all these demonic hosts and, and, and wickedness in high places. So to keep you up to date here and where we're at, uh, even uh, as far as the calendar of God, uh, Ryan is going to go ahead and read Leviticus chapter 23, verses 1 through 17, and that's going to take us all the way to the Omer. So let's go ahead and do that. Once again, the public reading of scriptures, whatever you speak comes towards you. Oh, let's do it. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, and say unto them concerning the feasts of the Lord, which ye shall proclaim to be holy convocations, even these are my feasts. Six days shall work be done, but in the seventh day is the Sabbath of rest, a holy convocation, you shall do no work therein. It is a Sabbath of the Lord in all your dwellings. These are the feasts of the Lord, even holy convocations, which you shall proclaim in their seasons." And the fourteenth day of the first month at even the, is the Lord's Passover. And on the fifteenth day of the same month is the Feast of Unleavened Bread unto the Lord. Seven days ye must eat unleavened bread. In the first day ye shall have a holy convocation. Ye shall do no servile work therein. But ye shall offer an offering made by fire unto the Lord. Seven days in the seventh day is a holy convocation. Ye shall do no servile work therein. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, and say unto them, When you, when you become 
uh, into the land which I give you unto you, and shall reap the harvest thereof. Then shall ye bring, uh, then ye shall bring a sheaf of the first fruits of your harvest unto the priest, and he shall wave the sheaf before the Lord to be accepted for you on the morrow after the Sabbath. The priest shall wave it, and you shall sh- uh, offer that day when you wave the sheaf of uh, a he lamb, the sheaf a he lamb without blemish of the first year for a burnt offering unto the Lord. And the meat offering thereof shall be two-tenth deals of fine flour mingled with oil, an offering made by fire unto the Lord for a sweet savor, and a drink offering thereof shall be of wine, the fourth part of a hen. And you shall eat neither bread, nor parched corn, nor green ears, until the selfsame day that ye have brought an offering unto your God. It shall be a statute forever throughout your generations in all your dwellings." And you shall count unto uh, you from the morrow after the Sabbath, from the day that you brought the sheaf of the wave offering, seven Sabbaths shall be complete. Even unto the morrow after the seventh Sabbath shall ye number fifty days, and you shall offer a new meat offering unto the Lord. You shall bring out of your habitations two wave loaves of two-tenth deals. They shall be of fine flour. They shall be bacon with leaven. They are the first fruits unto the Lord. All right, so let's do it, folks. Let's do these eight feast days. And, and right out of the gate, I want to share this. Check this out. He says, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, in 23, 1 and 2, Speak unto the Pentecostals. No, no. Speak unto the Methodists, the Baptists. No, it says, Speak unto the children of Israel, and say unto them concerning the feasts of the Lord, which you shall proclaim to be holy convocations, even these are my feasts. Let's bring out some some certain points here. Number one, they're not Jewish feasts. They are the Lord's feasts, okay? Number one. Uh, Number two, the word feasts is the Hebrew word moed, moedim, and it means an appointment, fixed time or season, an assembly. Wow. Yeah, that's right. And and for those of you, moed is the singular, so feast. Moedim would be the plural. Right. Uh, just a, a little tidbit, if you don't mind. Like uh, sukkah, singular. Right. Sukkot. Plural. Plural. Booth and booths. So uh, verse 14 in chapter 1 of Genesis says this. It says, And God said, Let there be lights in the firmament of the heaven to divide the day from the night, and let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and for years. This word signs means signals, and this word seasons is moed or moedim, which right. means he created the sun, moon, and stars for his appointed times. So you don't give up anything. I mean, think about it, everybody. Why are we celebrating pagan holidays when you can celebrate the Lord's feasts? You know, people say, well, you're going to take this away and that away. I'm not going to go there. But the bottom line is that we have the real deal here. Dude, we have so many holidays to celebrate. Look, every got, week is a, is a holiday. We have so much more. we start with the Shabbat. <laughs> no, we had it like, I'm... You can get tired of holidays you after a while. You could make it a big deal, boy. It could be like New Year's, man. You yeah. Blow the show far. But like where and... we're used to is as like just Americans or Christians having like a one day holiday. I mean, when you start having seven, eight day holidays, you're like, man, I am happy to be moving ta- into the next I mean, season. Think about it. So, so think about it. So the Sabbath is, of course, the first feast day, but it means an appointment. You know, I, I've said this before and I'll say it again. I always share this, you know, uh, it's just like, you know, uh, our wives, you know, they're not going to miss a hair appointment. Now, you might miss a dentist appointment, but you're not going to miss a hair appointment. I mean, I, I don't ever remember my wife missing a hair appointment. Why am I sharing this? Because it's important that, that your wife gets her hair done. Don't get me wrong. But how much more 
to say, I've got an appointment with God, I'm walking with God, and this is what brings us together, are the feasts. Right. Now, it also has a word in here uh, that they are, of course, uh, holy convocations. Uh, and that's the Hebrew word, mikra, M-I-Q-R-A. And it means something called out, a public meeting, and a rehearsal. Nothing better than getting everybody together for this event and putting him first and blocking out all this other stuff that clouds our mind. And so here we have an incredible time of a Moed and a Mikra, and it's a public meeting, something called out that we are commanded to come together. See, that's what people don't realize. Well, I'll just sit in my home. You've got a group right down here. It's a public assembly. Come together. Well, and I like so, the whole idea of the rehearsal, you know? Yeah, and sometimes we have a good feast, and sometimes it, you, you might be going through something. Yeah, some rehearsals you aren't know. that great, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, really, you could be going through something and thinking, well, you know. Hopefully we do better when the day comes, right? Right, <laughs> but hey, especially the Day of Atonement, you know, so many things oh, yeah. can happen, you know. So let's let's go over these, uh, these feast days in Leviticus chapter 23, verses 1 through 44, and we'll just discuss them very briefly here. So, of course, number one is the Sabbath or the Shabbat. Uh, that's the very first feast day mentioned. And of course, we're going to mo- move into the spring feast. We have, of course... Well, real quick, on the Sabbath. On the Sabbath. I have one thought to your point about a mikra, okay? Oh yeah, a mikra. Because some of you guys may be listening and you don't have a fellowship. And I just want to pray for you guys to find a fellowship of believers that you can join uh, alongside. But many people use this verse to say that because it says, uh, therein it is the Sabbath of the Lord in all your dwellings that you don't leave the house on the Sabbath, okay? But in the same verse, it also says that the Sabbath is a holy convocation. So Public assembly. How is it that it's a public assembly and something that happens in your dwelling? Well, here at Beit Tehila, we've kind of got our own little way of doing it. Maybe you have a different way of, of, of practicing this, but we say, hey, we want to keep both pieces of this verse. And the way we do it is our families come together individually on Friday nights for the Shabbat. We bring in the Shabbat together as a family. We spend time uh, uh, in our families, you know, reading the Torah portions, having dinner together, loving on one another, turning off, you know, the TV, all that kind of stuff, just spending time with the Lord and with our family. So this is our way of saying in your dwellings. And then the next day for our Sabbath service, we have a holy convocation where we all come together. And so, boom, we can hit both pieces together. And so my encouragement to you guys is get plugged into a community. For the Lord's sake, get plugged into a community. Get plugged into a community. Get plugged you should into desire to want to be with others. You know, if you're trying to avoid people, that's the last thing you want to do. Yes. You know, uh, I'm telling you, my wife and I, yeah, we, we've had some difficult, we've had some challenges in the congregation, but I'm telling you, it far outweighs all the blessings that we've received. I don't received. know why you talk about me that manner. No, I'm not talking about you. <laughs> So think about it. So we got the Shabbat every week. Now we got, of course, the, the, the spring feast. We start a brand new feast cycle. We've already completed Passover, which is Pesach, uh, unleavened bread. In Hebrew, it's Hag Hamatzah. And then, of course, the feast of first fruits, which is Bikarim. Notice it's plural. So we've already experienced all three of these in the Lord. And of course, coming out of Egypt, that great story. Uh, and we know that uh, some incredible things are actually happening. Matter of fact, I think in, in first fruits here, I want to check this out. Um, let's see here. Uh, da, da, da. Okay, here we go. In verse 10, 2310 in first fruits. Speak unto the children of Israel and say unto them, When you be come into the land which I give unto you, and shall reap the harvest thereof, then you shall bring a sheaf of the first fruits of your harvest unto the priest. And it's interesting in, in, in that particular verse, the sheaf is the omer. It's a it's a measure. 
So, so think about it. So the first thing you're going to bring is your first fruits, which is barley. Barley comes before the wheat. Uh, so that's what we have. We have this sheaf or this omer of first fruits of barley being presented to the Lord. And it actually says here uh, in verse 11, he shall wave the sheaf before the Lord to be accepted for you on the morrow after the Sabbath, the priest shall wave it. Wow, there it is. You know, there's the feast of first fruits. And of course, we know even in the scriptures that uh, Paul makes mention in the church to Corinth that Yeshua is our first fruits, the first one to be risen from the dead and fully resurrected and ascended to the right hand of the Father. So once again, we know that Passover, unleavened bread, and first fruits has been fulfilled and is being fulfilled. Uh, as you begin to understand uh, how it's relevant for you as well. Passover means being born again. Uh, unleavened bread would be getting the sin out of your life. It's, it's a seven-day feast. Uh, it's a process. And then, of course, the first fruits is, is very good uh, for the simple fact that on the third day, Yeshua rose again uh, the morrow after the Sabbath. So he's our little barley sheaf. Um, once again, we're counting seven Sabbaths right now. It's going to lead us right into the Feast of Weeks because you're supposed to count seven Sabbaths. So that is, of course, Shavuot, uh, which is the Feast of Weeks, uh, which we would call Pentecost. Uh, we know in Exodus 19, the Torah was given to commemorate this incredible holiday. And, of course, Acts chapter 2. This is why we get to be Hebrew costals, you know what I'm saying? Oh, so yeah. the Torah was given and the Holy Spirit. Boy, that's a good combo. Uh, and so, once again, that's like peanut butter and jelly. I mean, look at that. Woo! Torah and the Spirit. So think about it. And now, all of a sudden, you know, we're going to go into the fall feast. We've got to get through the summer months and the book of Numbers. Oy vey. Uh, we have Yom Teruah, which is of trumpets in the seventh month on the first day. This is where you get the blowing of the shofar. Uh, then, of course, we have the, the 10 days of all leading up to, in the seventh month on the 10th day, the Day of Atonement, or Yom Kippur. This would be about corporate forgiveness and, and in regards to the golden calf. Uh, we're not going to get into all of the details of that, but the bottom line is that two goats, uh, the, 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 the priest laid the hands upon this particular goat, and this goat was offered up uh, as well for, for, the, for the sanctuary, for the place. But then the other goat, like I said, with the priest laying his hands on this particular goat, uh, would go out into the, the wilderness and be thrown off a cliff uh, in a dry place. So two things had to be done. The place had to be holy and the people. And that's why we have the golden calf incident uh, being resolved through the day of atonement. It's about corporate forgiveness. It is a day of fasting and of course preparing. And then of course uh, we have uh, right here, uh, we have in, in conclusion, uh, tabernacles or Sukkot, feast of Sukkot, feast of tabernacles, also called the feast of ingathering, you know, and it, call, and it, it mentions at the end of the year in Exodus 23, uh, so quickly, uh, Passover, Pentecost, Tabernacles are the three national feast days. Uh, this, this shows you God's redemptive plan. So hear me out, everyone. Are you scattering or are you gathering? You know, are you, are you for the Lord or against the Lord? I mean, think about it. Because God is gathering. He's doing it with families, with couples, and he's doing it with communities, and he's going to do it with the whole house of Israel. He has begun the feast of ingathering. And so remember Yeshua in Matthew 23, he says, how I long to gather you, but you would not. He, he says, also your says, house is going to be desolate. He also says that those who don't gathereth, scattereth. And, and also, you know, it says in regards to the feast days, it's kind of interesting. I was looking at this. It says to actually proclaim uh, you shall proclaim these feasts. Oh yeah. Uh, when you look this up in the Hebrew, it's interesting. It means like to make banners or 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 like uh, pamphlets. Yeah. 
you know, to really promote publish it, it. Yeah. publish it, you know? Yeah. So, so think about it. So we're, we're in the spring feast. We've done that. Now we're counting the Omer and uh, we're heading towards the feast of ingathering, you know? And, and so it's an incredible time. Uh, and, and like I said, uh, any last thoughts, Ryan, before we move on? Um, I, all I can say is that I love the feasts. Um, you know, one of the cool things about it, uh, as a Christian, you're like, I think a lot of people come into this, like when I would first come to Beit Tehila and you would be preaching, I would hear you say Torah and I would twitch, right? You know? Um, so there's certain things that like, you know, we're used to doing things a certain way. Uh, we're conditioned, we're programmed in the flesh. Uh, and so there's so much spiritual significance of the feast that once you get into it and you start doing it and you start hearing it and this, these things like just, there's so much joy that you derive from, from participating in the feast that until somebody participates with the feast with a willing heart, they just don't get it. You don't, you don't get it until you do it. And so that's why, and and I think God made it that way. God said, Hey, these are my feasts, do them. Um, I, I think that inherently God gives us joy through the feast. I mean, they're his appointed times, they're his feasts. And so we're participating with him. And I just think, you know, and, and the other thing that I would say about the feast is, uh, don't, don't major in the minors, right? Praise God. Uh, if you're, yeah, enjoy if you're not Jewish, then you haven't been doing this for 2,700 years. Um, and, uh, there's, it's really easy to start watching, you know, a thousand YouTube videos, uh, I am as guilty as anybody of, of, of watching YouTube videos. I'm not knocking YouTube or teachings or teachers or anything like that. But uh, I want you guys to remember that the feasts have a purpose, and the purpose is to gather God's people for His purpose. And so if we can get together and unify around that uh, and stop bickering over, you know, technicalities over days Absolutely. or times you know, or calendars This is or the like thing, that. you know, this is what really touched me this last service, you know, as I was sitting there, you know. It's all about loving the Lord. Yeah. Seeing the Lord in each other. It's all about loving the Lord first and foremost, and then coming together and doing something for the Lord. Yes. It's not about, it's about me and you're wrong and I want to do this and, right. and I want to do that. No, it's about, since we have the love of the Lord and we have the Lord, what can we do together? Yeah. And enjoy it. You know, that's the thing, you know. So we, in, in conclusion here into Leviticus 23, before we go into 24, uh, the eighth day is, of, of course, attached to the end of the seven days of the Feast of Tabernacles. So this is where we have the great eighth day. Uh, we have seven days of tabernacles, then the great eighth day. It's like a separate little feast in and of itself. And of course, the eighth day is considered a solemn assembly, and no work is to be done on this day, Leviticus 23, 36. So the first day of tabernacles, there's no work. And then the eighth day, which is attached to the seven days. And so wow. it's the eighth great day. So this is the culmination of tabernacles, the big party at the end. This and is so what Super God Bowl. says is, get all the stuff for the party ready before you party. Because once we start partying... We're partying. We're not I'm, working anymore. I'm telling you. And, and you know what? You know, he's, it's what a bondage that is. I mean, just what a yoke oh, listen, of, just a heavy yoke. Listen, I had the privilege. <laughs> listen, Ryan, I had the privilege. You know, we think about this. Is the, these are the final feasts, the fall feasts that have to be fulfilled yet uh, in that regard for when the Messiah comes. But, but I had the privilege of going to the land of Israel for the Feast of Tabernacles for the first time. I got to go in 96, 97, and 98 Feast wow. of Tabernacles. Hat trick. And I'll never forget, it was $2,500 back then. And it was worth every penny to wow. see those sukkahs in the land. It was an incredible experience wow. for me. But anyway, uh, and so actually jealous. got betrothed during the Feast of Tabernacles. So what a special time. Yeah. So once again, the feasts are declared 
from the Lord to the children of Israel. You know, so once again, I believe that the whole house of Israel is made up of Jews and non-Jews. For those of you that are listening, there are natural branches and there are wild branches. Wild thing, I think I love you. But I want to know I want to know for, for sure. sure. So we're not replacing anybody. Think about it, everybody. You know, this is where, you know, think about the prophets, everyone. Here's a little side note. It talks about that these non-Jews, these Gentiles, people will come out of the nations that aren't Jewish, that are going to love the Jewish people, feel connected to Israel, and feel like they're grafted in and want to be a part of the commonwealth of Israel. Ephesians 2, and of course this grafting in process that the apostle Paul went after to, to go perform. Yeah. I mean, think about it, you know, and so think about this. I mean, Tabernacles is called the Feast of Ingathering. Yeah. And so here's a great question. Here's a great question for you to ponder. If Yeshua fulfilled the spring feasts... Passover, unleavened bread, first fruits. Would he fulfill the fall feasts, which are trumpets, atonement, tabernacles in the future? I say absolutely yes. Amen. So let's check out Leviticus well, I, chapter I would say 24. That's our, I said that's our blessed hope. Oh, listen. Come on. Think about it. And you know what? He don't play around. When it happens, it's in succession. Oh, yeah. So even in, 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 when they came out of Egypt, they celebrated what? And of course, first fruits for them back in coming out of Egypt would be crossing of the Red Sea, which is really cool. That's like a picture of a baptism. The whole nation was baptized in, in the sea. But think about it. So there's a succession of events that took place one after the other. You know, uh, the, 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 the feast of Pesach or Passover, the lamb, the blood on the doorpost. They had to eat unleavened bread. They didn't have time for the bread to rise up. They left in haste. They crossed the Red Sea. There's, there's first fruits. And then, of course, they get to the mountain. Exodus 19, they get the Torah. Boom, boom, boom. There it is. Now, you look forward to all the things that have happened. What did Yeshua do? He came. He's the lamb. He's our Passover lamb. He is the unleavened bread, and he's our first fruits. He rose from the dead. Folks, it's all about him. It's not about you. It's about the lamb. It's about him. So we get right into this. This is where it's kind of, here's another template. I just saw this. Uh, think about this now. We, we have all that under our belt. Now what are we going to do? We've got the menorah and the table of showbread. Now we've got showbread. So it says in Leviticus 24, verse 2, command the children of Israel, once again, an identity of people he's speaking to, that they bring unto the pure oil olive beaten for the light to cause the lamps to burn continually. Remember, no windows in the tabernacle. The menorah would burn. How do they get the menorah to burn? From the fire from the altar. The fire from the altar lit everything. It would light uh, the altar, they would light the menorah, and they would, of course, do the incense from the fire from the altar. If you want to know why Nadab and Abihu were taken by God, their breath was actually taken from them, they collapsed, it's because they got fire from another source. Real simple. Now, once we have this menorah, it's like a picture of this move of the Holy Spirit. You know, the, we, we have the Azusa Street Revival. We have the gift of tongues, interpretation of tongues in, 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 in the Pentecostal movement, the charismatic movement. Uh, we are a spirit-filled congregation. We believe in the gifts as well. And of course, what, we, what happens is with this menorah, it's a picture of the Holy Spirit. Seven branches shining. You know, we don't want the Lord to take the menorah out of our church. You know, and that's what even the book of Revelation is about, that if you don't repent... He's going to remove the candlestick, the menorah. And who wants to be in a, a room with no spirit? You know, who, who wants to have Ichabod, you know, that the, the glory of God has departed? I don't want that. Uh, that's what happened between the book of Judges and the monarchy. Uh, you know, and it wasn't a pretty sight. Uh, and so we're, we're moving on here. And of course, we, we have uh, 12 
cakes were put on the table before the Lord on the table of showbread. Twelve cakes represent twelve what, Ryan? The twelve tribes. The twelve tribes, Leviticus chapter 24, verses 5 and 6. They represent the twelve tribes. Now, the bread was exchanged for fresh loaves every Shabbat. Now, think about this template, Ryan. This is where it's incredible. You have the menorah. You have a right spirit. And you go into Shabbat, and these bre- this bread is changed out every Shabbat, and there's the tribes at the table. Table represents fellowship. Come to the table, right? Isn't that what Yeshua did? Come to the table. That's right. Uh, thank you, Holy Spirit. If you study the temple of Ezekiel that's found in, in, in the book of Ezekiel, this temple, there's only two pieces of furniture found. There's an altar and a table. And the decor, the decorations, it's cherubims. And palm trees. Are you saying that Jesus is going to be the light? All I'm saying is that it's something to think about. Yeah. There's a table, but there's also an altar. You don't hear any mention of other furniture in this temple, this particular temple. There's sure. never even been built. So just food for thought. So once again, the bread represents identity. So let's say you're spirit-filled, you love the Lord, you got the Holy Spirit. Now you come to the table with the rest of the tribes. And of course, the bread is changed out every Shabbat. You know, and we've got a horse in the race, you know, we have an inheritance, you know, and that's the difference, right? Between people that are cheering on the Jews, love the Jews, praying for the peace of Jews or whatever. We have a horse in the race because why? Because we want our inheritance. We would love to have a Beit Tehillah in Israel and to do what we're doing and to come alongside the Jewish people and to support them in that endeavor uh, to occupy the land and everything. Uh, now, the, the only people that could eat the bread from the table, of course, were Aaron and his sons. Okay, so we have that in place there. And so here we have some incredible uh, lessons or a template leading up to a situation. I'm going to go ahead and, and let Ryan take over this this part of the uh, facilitator's outline that we use every every Monday. I want him to go ahead and finish this up with uh, with number 14. Now, all of a sudden, we're going to have some rebellion. Oh, yeah. Isn't well, that the case? Always. We have all this cool stuff and somebody goes, you know. Well, somebody has to ruin they it fly for the, rest the of us, right? So it, it's uh, basically we just have a quick story in verses ten through sixteen that discusses um, the a, a half Israelite, half Egyptian uh, man who gets in a fight with somebody else or strives with somebody else and ends up blaspheming the name of the Lord. And what happens? Uh, you know, everybody's favorite topic: the witnesses have to come together, declare this person guilty, and the whole congregation has to stone them. And so. Um, and then right after that, the Lord talks about how he forbids murder. Um, and so it, it's interesting because, uh, the concept in the Torah globally is that we do not, um, we do not just have, uh, the authority of the government or whatever that we are, uh, you know, I guess proxying our authority to, but rather that this, uh, that we all hold the, the authority together as a, as a group. But uh, one thing is, uh, you know, we've always talked about that there is no jails in in the Torah, right? There's no prison system. But this guy was held in ward. He was held in some sort of a, a holding cell or interesting something. Interesting point. Dur- while they were deciding whether he was guilty or not. So I thought that was interesting. Um, and then, uh, and so the Lord forbids murder. And then we move on in verse 18. It says that anyone who kills a beast uh, shall make it good. Well, just tell him what he was guilty of. Just share that answer with Blaspheming him. the Lord. And cursed. And cursed, yeah, yeah good yeah. point. So yeah, I mean, just think about it. So it, it was a pretty severe penalty. Yeah. Whatever he said was pretty severe. Well, when you blaspheme the name well, of the Lord, saying, especially Ryan? in front of the congregation. What's right? coming I mean, out of our mouth. Yeah, exactly. You know, I'll let you continue. You're doing oh, okay. a good job. Oh, I, aw, you're so sweet. 
Um, and then finally we get into, uh, one of the center points of how the, the Torah or the law of God has been considered higher than other laws, right? Because we see this in other ancient cultures, uh, copying this and it says breach for breach, eye for eye, tooth for tooth, as he hath caused a blemish in a man, so it shall be done him again. And that's chapter 24, verse 20. And that's restitution. Correct. So if you hurt somebody, make it right. Right. He doesn't expect you to, to do do it literally in that regard. Right. He's basically saying that if you did harm to someone, make restitution, make it right. Yep. And then lastly, uh, chapter 22, or sorry, 24, verse 22 says, Ye shall have one manner of law as well for the stranger as for the one of your own country, for I am the Lord your God. So again, this is just another example of why uh, when people say, hey, this, this is not relevant for X, Y, Z, because once we decide biblically that the law is not done away with scripturally, then we try to say, oh, well, that's for the Jews. Well, guess what? Uh, chapter 24, verse 22, just threw that right out the window, uh, you know, baby and all. So, I, Did you read the verse? I did. Ye shall have one manner of law, as well for the stranger as for one of your own country, for I am the Lord your God. Wow, that is so awesome. You know, it's interesting here. Uh, I just want to share this this point. If, if I got anything out of this Torah portion, Ryan, it was these two things uh, that I actually got from, from this particular portion is, number one, as a priest, we are to bring our best sacrifices and avoid uncleanness. Boom. As a, as a priest, we are to bring our best sacrifices and avoid uncleanness. Boy, that's hard in this culture. So that's number one. Yeah, my number one was that there's a high standard for the priest. There you go. I mean, yeah. this is it, folks. You know what? You're in the world, but you're not of it. Yeah. Draw a line. Anybody that says Game of Thrones is okay to watch, Yeah. that's pornography. Even the Jews are saying, the rabbis are saying, that's pornography. The, the Torah forbids that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah, for sure. But what's the culture? Oh, it's got. That's the acronym, G-O-T, Game of Thrones. You know, L- Listen, I, I wouldn't be watching that smut if I was you. I'm just saying, we all want to be entertained. But we got to be thinking about the repercussions. I mean, and, I, and I've never ever seen an episode. I'm just saying that it's funny how everybody's jumping on the bandwagon. Yeah. I mean, even if my kids are watching the news with me or something or a, a show, and they're really promoting the new season, my kids are going to be like, "Well, Daddy, you know, there's 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 like dragons, and maybe it's a cool you know movie or, or series." I'm like, yeah, "No, we're not we're so not much. watching that." Yeah. Now, now number two, uh, when we celebrate the feasts, we are walking with God. Oh yeah. Wow. So my it's that number simple. My number two is kind of like yours. Mine is the feasts are the preparation for the coming of the Lord. Wow, that's good too. I mean, listen, our blessed hope is that Yeshua is coming back for us, his bride. Our bridegroom is coming. The feasts are the rehearsals to get us ready. The bride has made herself ready. The feast is how we do it. So praise God. All right. This is how we do it. <laughs> anyway. Count the Omer. That's right. So it is game time. We are going to count the Omer so that we can get out of here. Uh, today is the 17th day. Tonight at sunset will be the 18th day. Uh, it is May 7th, 2019, the 17th day of the counting of the Omer. So let's go ahead and bless the Lord. Baruch atah Adonai Eloheinu, Melech HaOlam, Asher Kitchenu, B'mitzvotav, Vitzivanu, Al Sifarat HaOmer. Blessed are you, O Lord our God, King of the universe, whose commandments add holiness to our lives and and gives us the command to count the Omer. Oh, and by the way, that's in Leviticus 23, verses 15 and 16. There you go. We read that today. Okay, so today is... Today is the 17 days, which which is two weeks and and three days of the the counting of the the Omer. Omer. Oh, Ah, praise ah, the Lord. ah, ah. Amen. Man, what a blessing it is to be in God's season 
uh, doing his things in his ways, right? Bible things in Bible ways. I, I mean, could you ask for more? I don't think you could. Bless the Lord. All right. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, Obviously, you know that we appreciate you. Remember, go and review the podcast if you're on iTunes or SoundCloud, uh, whether it's in the podcast app or online at uh, iTunes.com. Also, uh, you guys can reach out to me at ryan at topraise.net. That's ryan at topraise.net. Emails and stuff like that. And then also, if you need to reach out to the office, 2222. And remember, Eliezer Braun is going to be here this weekend. We are so excited. 11. Uh, or uh, if you're in our local market, please come and show up. 1705 Lithia Pinecrest Road, Brandon, Florida. Also, uh, just a little uh, note that we would like to thank all of you for listening and sharing. We are so excited about this because we like to put the podcast out on Tuesday mornings. But if Tuesday kind of comes and goes, you're thinking, what's going on here? Actually, Wednesday's my day off from the office. So you will be getting the podcast usually on that Thursday. So just let everybody know that if it doesn't pop up on a Tuesday, uh, we got a flexible schedule here. Uh, it will be coming on Thursday. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And we appreciate your patience with that. Thank you for listening, guys. God bless you. Have a great week.